guys, I'm Danny Carter. Uh, yeah, I'm busting out the, uh, <laughs> the surname now. Um, but you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as Blotted Ink Books. And for this episode, we are going to be talking all things romance, um, which most people know is not my usual genre. However, it's, it's February that we're recording in. It's the month of love. And I'm very excited to be chatting to Lucy Score. I was lucky enough to be sent a couple of her books. And I'm not going to lie, I think I might be a convert to romance now. Uh, so I cannot wait to talk to her all about her novels. I cannot wait to see what she's going to bring to her novel evenings. Let's check it out. So a big hello to Lucy. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm lying. I'm exhausted. <laughs> you but I am thank, I, I'm I'm talking my way into a, a an energetic place. So I'm in that. I don't have that capacity. It's half term here, so our kids <laughs> are off on holiday. Um I think I'm just in survival mode. Like if I'm dressed and I'm eating. That's kind of a win at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a win. You should take that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm like, oh, I put on clothes today. I maybe put on mascara. <laughs> great. I'm also admiring. I mean, obviously, listeners can't see, but I'm admiring your shelves behind you. You've got an impressive bookshelf display. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I've I've got a lot of books. And, yeah, and then on the opposite side. So you're. I'm sitting at yeah. my desk where I write. This is right behind me. And then across from me is another set of bookshelves. Um, yeah, I'm really into books. <laughs> yeah, big same. So we're actually in the process of building a second shelf area um, because there's too many. There's too many books. That's exciting. Oh, I just, I don't know. There's something I love about seeing a bookshelf. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> also, my go-to is, you know, cost of living is rising, you know, heating your house is expensive. And if your walls are all lined with books, it's just insulation. It's perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. That's how I spin it. That's how I sell it to people <laughs> who think it's a problem at this point. I'm like, you know, it's economical. I'm helping small businesses, you know, I'm keeping my house warm and I'm helping authors like yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not, you know, it's not a hobby like you're buying drugs. <laughs> well... <laughs> get the same rush from buying books <laughs> I think it is probably an addiction at this point I think anyone who's a book blogger or loves reading will say you know you probably don't need 300 plus unread books but I think you have too many books I think you know there's a difference between reading books and collecting books both are valid pursuits of I, I I'm a fan of both I'm never gonna stop buying books and I'm, no, I'm, I'm never I'm also never going to finish my TBR I hope <laughs> oh my god never I just I'm leaning into it now I think that's the way to do it is to just accept your fate and lean into it that's right I think that's, that's a healthy way. stance yeah and I can see behind you in glorious pink your uh your upcoming novel yes which is it's it's my aesthetic so if anyone's ever seen my feed Pink is something I love. So as soon as this came through my door, so things we hide from the light, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, this is a slice of me. Like, <laughs> and it pairs so nicely. The, it's such a beauty. You got your blue, you got your mm -hmm. pink. They look beautiful together. I mean, when did you get to see this? When do you get to see your finished cover and be like, whoa? That actually, we came up with um, 
gosh, it might've been while I was still writing things we never got over, which is very unusual. I usually don't have a title until I'm done with the book. I never have a blurb before I'm done with the book. Um, having a cover before the book was even written was really crazy. Uh, and it will probably never, ever happen again. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so cool though. So to dive straight in, tell us about this novel, explain the story and like where this idea came from for you. Well, it uh, it started with Things We Never Got Over was the first novel in the series, and it was supposed to be a standalone. I just had this idea for this, this woman who uh, runs away from her wedding and ends up a fish out of water in this small town, and she becomes responsible for um, her sister's child. I just had this idea of this woman who is just thrown into this ridiculous situation and uh, watching her sink or swim. And I was, I started writing and I was really enjoying the banter between Naomi and Knox. Naomi's like the super sunshiny alpha list making, you know, let me, let me cross it off my list kind of organized person. And Knox is this hairy, grumpy disaster of a man who, <laughs> He owns a bunch of businesses. He hates people. And of course he can't leave the sunshiny woman alone. Um, but it was, it was just going to be a standalone. And then uh, pretty early on in things we never got over, there's a scene where Knox and his brother get into a fist fight in the middle of the road. And I was like, well, now I need to tell Nash's story. And then a couple chapters later, Knox and Nash's best friend from childhood comes back to town, Lucian, and he's all mysterious and broody. And I was like, well, <laughs> Lucy needs a book now too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's something as well. I'm always curious what it is about, you know, childhood friends. And when you revisit those relationships that, you know, you thought you kind of left behind amongst hormones and, you know, puberty, what is it you think that draws like readers and writers to that? I honestly don't know, but I love, I love the concept of all these relationships having such a history. Yeah. And I also love the idea of this history existing. And then there's a gap leading up to the present. Like they're not as actively involved in each other's lives. And that, that really comes into play in the third book that I'm writing now, which is uh, Lucian and Sloan, who absolutely hate each other through books one and two. Uh, but th there's just something to me about all of that shared history that I love I just find it so catnippy and it's discovering you know, what that person's grown into I guess as well mm -hmm. the person you knew isn't necessarily the same person who's going to walk out in front of you right which I think is really exactly yeah yeah I I 100% agree <laughs> I love it and so I am not generally I'm not a big romance reader I mean I read fantasy and I read historical fiction romance is always a big part of that but when you sort of say like a romance novel and it's recently through doing the podcast I've been picking up more and I'm like I don't understand why people are really into these but what do you think it is that draws readers and also again you know writers to love stories to romance novels what do you think it is that for you as a writer what draws you to that I mean what's better in the entire world than love you know <laughs> There, to me, there is nothing better. I'm, I'm sure, you know, ask somebody else and you'll get a different answer. But to me, the, the idea of someone falling in love with you for exactly who you are at your messiest or at your lowest point, that is, that's, a, that's what we all want, you know, at the end of the day, 
we just want someone to see us and love us and respect us. And I think that's a lot of why romance is so popular. Plus it's a guaranteed happily ever after, you know, you know, going into it, that things are going to work out. You are going to finish that story with a sense of hope and happiness. And, you know, I, it's romance is like, the hug genre I guess <laughs> yeah and you know I think that's why so many people love to read on holiday because you start it you know the beginning of your holiday and as you get into the end and you've kind of got those like holiday blues are setting in you've got mm-hmm. this little spark of joy right when you're on the beach and you finish your story like I have to go home but I've had the happy ending right yes yep I've I've gotten that the perfect happily ever after yeah but I do love in your books you know your characters are not these perfect you know (laughs) fantasy people you know they are messy and gritty and you know they have their own issues going on and they have to work through it which I think is obviously a really good representation of real relationships right and I mean it's probably easy to write these kind of wonderful people that are like oh they're so glorious and all you know they fall in love but you know, how does it feel when you're really kind of picking apart these characters that you're making and you're having to give them these like messy layers? Do you ever feel a bit like, oh man, should I just write someone who's just like charity worker? Who's like, you know, <laughs> do you think it's more fun writing a messy character? I do. I mean, I have the best time digging into these folks and just figuring out what makes them tick, why they're doing things wrong. Um, you know, I think every romance novel starts with a premise that, um, at least one of the characters thinks they want something and it's not what they actually need. So I love digging into that and pulling that apart. But yeah, I, you know, in real life, I don't really know anybody who is perfect or even approaching that. Everyone I know is a mess. We're all just (laughs) giant messes wandering around, bumping into things. And, and what I love about writing is I get to fix some of that (laughs) in fiction. I get to, you know, I get to take somebody who has these deep seated issues and I get to explore them and I get to take them to a better place where in real life, you can't really do that. That's not that's not okay. <laughs> you can't yeah, you force can be a therapist for a little bit. Right? And then you get to see what it's like. To... Exactly. You can't force someone to get to a better place in their life, but you can, if you're a writer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get to play God with these yes. people, which I think is the most appealing part of writing actually. Yeah. I get to fix everything that's wrong in the real world on the page. And granted, it's not the same as if everything in the real world was suddenly magically wonderful and everyone lived happily ever after, but it still gives me a sense of satisfaction and hope. <laughs> yeah. Cause even your happy ever afters, you know, you know, these, these couples are still going to have to work at things, you know, they're yeah. not a match made in heaven, you know, it's opposites and it's people with history and pasts and things within their lives. So which I really liked because I've read some romances where you're like, oh, like, oh, they're so loved up now. And it's like, and they were, you know, you know, these guys, they're going to have to put some work in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I try to take readers to the point in the story where they have put the characters have put this work in and they've recognized the value of the work and the outcome. So it feels like they're going to continue to do what's necessary to be happy. I love that. And you mentioned very briefly there that you're working on book three. Yes. So are you seeing it as a three part? Would that kind of be the end of these characters' stories? Yes. Yep. That'll be, well, I mean, honestly, no story ends in my head. Like I never, I've never, I don't write the end. I'm so superstitious about that. I just don't feel these stories 
go on in my head forever. But I'm I have no plans to continue this series after book three. I've been I've been writing book two and three for like I don't know eight months now. <laughs> yeah, like I'm and, ready for uh, a change. I'm ready yeah. to branch into new characters. Do yeah. you have an idea of what you might work on next? I'm sure you've got tons of ideas. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I have an ongoing series called the Riley Thorne series, and it is it's rom com, but it's also a little action adventure, um, a little tiny tiny bit of paranormal. The main the heroine is uh, a psychic, oh, and she falls in love. Over. <laughs> <laughs> like dunge. She falls in love with a private investigator. So the series is the two of them meeting, falling in love, and then working together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you feel like you're always kind of right within the romance genre? Is there anything else you'd kind of like to branch out into, do you think? Well, romance is my favorite thing to read. So I, you know, I haven't really wanted to explore anything else. Um, I think I do explore romantic suspense and mystery thriller in some of my romances so I get to dabble that way um some of my books uh are a little bit more what they used to call women's fiction um just just with Stevie scene so I dabble um but the plot is always boy meets girl and they eventually live happily ever after (laughs) and you mentioned obviously kind of steamy scenes I think there's been a real kind of like influx in literature at the moment of you know romance in fact all fiction getting a bit spicier which I think is (gasps) fun do you enjoy writing that kind of thing I do I I, like I it's fun it's a good time you know it's it's I never really understood the books very well when it's uh fade to black or closed door. Yeah. Uh, you know, because especially in romance because it seems like it's such an integral part of a relationship to yeah. me personally. Um so f- I like to read books that include the steam and I like to write books that include the steam. I love that. I love when you see people as well if they've read, you know, they're reading a book on like the bus or something that you've read and I'll be watching them I'm like are they that bit yet? Are they bold enough <laughs> on that bus or on that train or plane and be reading the real, you know, the spiced level is up to five chilies. But I love that. And I think that's I do too. so fun that women are just like, yeah, I'm going to go out and read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there, there used to be a lot of shaming about it. And I think there's still a couple of small, weird outlets that still try to shame people for reading or writing romance but I mean nobody's listening to them anymore no I love you know so many of my friends you know I was a real cynic for a long time I was like I don't really read romance and then you know I was reading things like Sarah J Mass in fantasy guys and I was like this is just romance that's definitely right yeah yes Yes. extra bat wings in it so (laughs) for me it's like you know romance is everywhere I think if anyone is snobby about romance books or erotica fiction it's in everything you read you can gussy it up and you can make it you know a bit fancier and you can set it in a you know Italian villa 200 years ago but it's the same thing and we all read it for a reason right yeah yeah I mean it it's romance is the biggest genre oh my god in you know and it has been for ever so I mean it's just not a question of if people are reading it it's of course people are reading it it's it is the most read most sold genre in the world which is awesome I think yeah (laughs) you even go right back you know the Brontes are writing about love and Jane Austen is Mm -hmm. writing about love it's something we all want to pick up and read and live vicariously through 
And I will mm-hmm. say, I did do some like dream casting. <gasps> Tell me. <laughs> I mean, I, I know he's having a moment, but Knox, I mean, Pedro Pascal. Oh, uh, yes. I love him. Knox. And I feel like if you could get, I mean, who would be a good brother to, to Pedro? Oh, you know, well, I mean, I also, Isaac because they are also best friends. Imagine them having a fist right? fight in the street. That would be delightful. I would I would watch the heck out of that. <laughs> yeah, I can see no problems in that scenario <laughs> whatsoever um, <laughs> at all. I would be very happy with that. Do you kind of picture people in your head for casting when you're busy, you know, writing? I, I don't usually. Um, I just, I don't know. It's it's usually so much more the mess that they are inside that I'm really focused on. But um, I think Charlie Hunnam would be a really good Knox also. Um, He's the rough, king, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The King Arthur version of him yeah. would be, he He's would be great too. He's got a brooding thing, right? He's yes. Solemn, yeah. But he's got a warm side. You can see yeah. that. Yeah. I approve of that casting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well. you. I'm, Thank you. And, you know, you said yourself that you are a romance reader, you know, who do you enjoy reading? Oh, everybody. I mean, honestly, I started stealing my mom's romance novels off the shelf when I was 13. So I have a very long history with this genre. Um, the first one that really stood out to me that I remember and I revisit like once or twice a year is Julie Garwood's The Bride. It's historical oh. and it's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love the story. It makes me laugh. It's swoony. It's it's a blast. Um, I re I, I grew up reading Nora Roberts. I yep. love her. Um, Kristen Ashley is amazing. Um, Catherine Nolan, Avery Maxwell, Stephanie Rubenfeld. I give you just the list. <laughs> Kennedy Ryan. I always talk about Kennedy. She's just amazing. And I did just start uh, Sarah J. Moss. My mom. Uh, kept saying she said to me like on two different occasions this about Akatar. she's like you need to read it and I was like oh I'm not really like fantasy ish yep. um it's usually way too dark and when I started the first one I'm like oh gosh this is gonna be like the Hunger Games all over again and then I was hooked I was so yeah. I've all I've only read the first two because I'm trying to finish a dang book and I so I can't be reading anything that is I think it uh, changes so me. much between book one I feel yes. like from book two onwards, it really finds its feet. Oh, so excited. Well, yeah. I have book three sitting on my shelf waiting for me to finish my book three. Yeah, <laughs> you're in for a treat. I think I'm excited. Just, each one, she like ramps up. I need to read Throne of Glass. I've yet to read them. My friend is livid about it because she wants to be able to send me fan art and things. And she's like, you haven't read it. So I can't send you all the steamy Patreon <laughs> fan art that I'm done. <laughs> She, that's great she's like, you know I can't show you any of that good stuff so you need to read it but yeah she's she's really worked the crossover so well between fantasy and romance that's so exciting like oh, I just we're in for a treat and now amazing. for your novel evening I'm kind of hoping we're gonna see some romantic figures come into play maybe yeah um yeah, so, yeah I've got a feeling I was like oh I think we're gonna have have some steamy maybe we're gonna have some chemistry going on between some of our guests that would be fun. That would be fun so, to watch. To start with, where are you mm. going to take us for your novel evening? Well, I think because right now where I am with the story, it's dangerous for me to leave it. So I think I'm going to take us to knock them out, Virginia. 
um, the fictional setting of the uh, Knockabout series. Nice. Anywhere in particular that we're going to head to? I think uh, it's going to be Honky Tonk, the bar. Nice. Um, and it'll be a nice summer night. Ooh, okay. I can see this. It's, you know, a few beers in the garden, you know, all that kind of vibe. I'm down for that. Okay. I like this. All right. So we're all just going to have, it sounds quite chill, right? It's quite chill evening, quite relaxed, some music playing. Until the fights start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, so wow. there's, I think there would be a, a, a country band nice. um, playing. So some live music. Yeah. Okay. okay. I like the vibes. I've never really heard a live country band, so I would be very excited by that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it would be a good time. (laughs) Cool. So we're in the bar. We're waiting for people to show up. Who's the first person who's going to walk through the doors? Uh, Probably Naomi from Things We Never Got Over because she's very punctual. (laughs) She would literally be bang on time. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, she would be there before I would because I I run a little (laughs) bit late. (laughs) She'd be sat waiting already yeah. like half half a drink down like yeah she'll have the tables she, she'll have all the tables reserved and organized so she's that kind of the the good friend the one who like will call to make reservations that's me that's I'm not me I oh <laughs> I love that I love that I I can't survive without those friends you know oh, I'm always the one that's like two months before I might we should get a reservation oh that's great sorted <sighs> so it's done and then we me and my best friend I love her she is not an organizer we now have a shared calendar so if we plan things, I'll just put the reservations straight into her calendar. So I highly recommend that as well. If you've That's got to be like, self share calendar. It will make my life so much easier. So I love that. There. She's going to be hanging out. Who's next? Oh, well, Knox. Because he, he wouldn't let her go anywhere without him. <laughs> as well, especially because he owns Honky Tonk. So yeah, uh, he would definitely be there. Yeah, he would definitely be there. Um. I think Nash and Lena, so those are the hero and heroine from book two. Uh, I think they would be a little bit late, um, either because they were <laughs> fooling around in the parking lot or Nash, <laughs> Nash is the chief of police. So he might, he might've actually like been had busy. some police business to deal yeah, with. Been busy one way or the other. So. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they were getting busy or they were just busy. <laughs> just busy. And I wonder how would Naomi feel about them being late? I think she would be amused by it because really she just wants all of the people she loves to be happy and safe and in love too. Yeah. She's one of those people. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's one of those. I'd be yep. like, for God's sake. Yep. She, she gets married and she wants everybody else to get married too. Oh, we all have those friends as well though, don't we? We've all got those people who are like, it's your turn to be happy. It's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've got your characters from your books. Is there any other characters from other books? or authors? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Alec and Jamie from The Bride, which would be hilarious because they're it's historical. So they'd probably be very confused about yeah. what- wouldn't that be an environment for them to step into? Yeah, that would be that would be fun. But Alec is like this big, bulky, grumpy guy. See, I have a type, don't I? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think slowly but surely, I think my type is becoming gruff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you I know think at that age. Well, did you watch Gilmore Girls? I didn't. I okay, I... okay. I was gonna say I was gonna give you my theory on the gr- gruff attraction but I mean it's not gonna make sense is, is it Luke I've heard a lot about Luke yeah I think I think 
that is what really kicked it off for a whole generation of women. Like when you see the gruff, grumpy guy and when he does something nice for you, it's so far of a swing from his normal that it means more. So when the grumpy guy holds your hand, it means more. I'm just saying fictionally, of course, I'm not saying in real life because that's crazy. It means more than when the nice guy holds your hand because he would obviously do that. Yeah, it's the but, it's the Witcher thing as well, right? When the Witcher yeah. is tender, you're like, oh damn. Yeah, because it makes it makes you special. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is yeah. Luke gonna turn up? Yeah, Luke might as well come. He'll make the good coffee. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, we're all gonna need a, a coffee by the end of it as well. Maybe like, you know, sobering up, everyone's gonna go home. He can make some good coffee to, you know, counter out the whiskey and the <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's perfect. Oh, okay. So who else? How many, how many other people have you got coming? Oh my gosh. I think it would be like a pretty big party. You know, I think it would be half the You're town. You're booking out the bar up. basically. Yeah. It's yeah. a private function. Yeah. I, I think so. And then maybe, maybe everybody graduates from the bar to a bonfire somewhere. I think that Ooh. would be a good time. Fire is always a great idea, right? Fire is always good. It's always good. Do you have any authors that you would want to come along? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, all my, my gal pals. Um, I, I'm very lucky. I I was just saying this to a group of my author friends yesterday about how grateful I am to have this job because it's introduced me to so many wonderful people that I otherwise wouldn't have met. I'm, I'm very introverted in real life. Um, I don't go out of my way to have a large circle of friends. I'm very, very comfortable at home. Um, but being an author, I've gotten to know so many other uh, women and men who are writing for a living. And um, so I would invite all of them. And it's, oh. you know, it's, it's a crowd. That sounds like it could get pretty wild to be fair. Oh, I think so. There's a, there's a conference I go to every year in um, St. Pete Beach in Florida. And it's, it is really hilarious to see a bunch of introverted authors let loose on <laughs> at the beach bar I mean honestly like most of us are still standing in the corner drinking but yeah but we might have conversations together talk yeah it's really interesting because being an author is quite a solitary career right you're writing it is there's the public facing part of it Mm -hmm. you have to do promotion and panels and you know there's the flip side of it right you've got kind of dual dual aspects to your your yeah It's, it is a really interesting um, situation to be in because, you know, I leave for book tour on Monday. And so that's going to be two weeks of being in rooms where people tell me how great I am. (laughs) Oh, and if you're like me, compliments. I love compliments. (laughs) I I don't know how to accept. I mean, I feel like, you know, I am, I am not a perfect person. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty awkward with compliments, but uh, it's, it's amazing to have a job where people are telling you what a good job you're doing. You know, it's, it's not like my old jobs and performance reviews where the the people were not telling me what a great job I was doing. Yeah. But on a daily basis, I get to listen to people tell me that they think that I am making a difference and I'm doing a good job. Now I also on a daily basis, get people telling me how much they hate me, but that's way fewer people. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's where you have to kind of, if someone's taking the time out of their day to come to, to you think about me to tell you, they think you're shit. 
they've they've dedicated some energy to that so they must yeah. care in some way it means that i am quite important to them <laughs> yeah they're not indifferent to you if they're taking that's right. time to troll you that's you know right. yeah that's how i i look at it you know if someone's going to dedicate that energy and time to writing a message or a review or something like that that's you know they must yeah. be thinking about you that's right yeah i'm I'm okay with that. (laughs) So look, everyone's here is, you know, coupled up. What about your book crushes? Who's going to come for you for the evening? Well, I mean, my ultimate book boyfriend is Mr. Lucy, you know, like he's, I just love him, you know, and (laughs) stick on his denims and come to the, you know, to the bar. That was flannel. Well, I guess it wouldn't be flannel if it was a summer night. Maybe I'll change it to a fall night. So the bonfire makes more sense and he can wear flannel because I really love when he wears flannel. But yeah, he is my, he's my book boyfriend forever. Um, I just, I, I love the crap out of him and we work together and we live together and I know, (laughs) I know, I don't know what we were thinking (laughs) right now. We are so, so lucky that it worked out. I was actually it was funny. I've, I've been having these conversations like the last two days of how lucky. So, you know, very lucky to have found Mr. Lucy, um, who I love very much. And I was also just talking to uh, my author friends, uh, Claire Kingsley, Pippa Grant and Catherine Nolan. We were in a group chat and the four of us did a series together. Um, we co-wrote a series together and then Claire Kingsley and I co-wrote another series, just the yeah. two of us. And we were laughing so hard because we were such adorable, naive baby authors. We didn't have any contracts with those books. Like we never signed any legal paperwork and we wrote these series together. And we were just, we were just so confident that it would be totally fine. And obviously years later, we're still in a group chat checking in with each other, but oh my gosh, it's, it's just really funny how, how lucky we can get when we just lead with our hearts and don't think about the consequences that yeah forget consequences maybe this isn't the best lesson for people (laughs) ignore rationality and your brain listen just live a romance novel guys it'll all work out (laughs) however it's it's gonna absolutely work out It, (laughs) it will and i love you know i just saw your your other half helping you with your technology um it's things like that, right? That's the yeah. true romance. It it That's really true. is. I mean, like, we don't, we're not crazy about, you would think that a romance novelist would be super into Valentine's Day, but we're not. I mean, got he got me cards, two cards and right. flowers. And uh, we just, we had, we went out to dinner the night before so we could avoid all the extra people who go out on Valentine's That's Day. So, so smart. Yeah, but it's it's really like he's the guy that I want to sit on the couch with every night. You know, that's I mean, that's kind of like real life romance there. That's I I want him next to me when things are falling apart. It's going to be a little awkward when he and Luke meet. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Get a coffee from Luke. He's like, oh, you're you're the inspiration. Luke Luke James. Maybe he'll be like, he'll, maybe he's got a little crush and he'll be like, oh, it's Luke, it's four girls. Probably, yeah. You know, now that I think about it, Luke wears flannel too. He'll be like, look, but, it, but he doesn't have a beard. Oh. At least I don't think he did. Yeah, he didn't. No, I don't remember Luke having a beard. And a beard is always good. Yeah. I will never be mad about a beard. 
So the other question I always ask as well, which is probably a tough one because, you know, you seem like a very open person. It's all about love. But is there anyone who's not allowed to your evening? Who's banned from the bar? Well, since this is my perfect fictional evening, mm-hmm. I would have, am I allowed to swear? Yes. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> I I would develop um, asshole radar specifically for this evening so anybody who is a bad person who is out to make sure that other people don't get to be happy they are not invited so i mean there's plenty of fictional characters who fall into that like tina from knock them out she's terrible she's not invited yeah Yeah. um and unfortunately there's probably a lot of real life people who are also not invited but i think if if you're there with good vibes and you're there to have a lovely time you're gonna be fine you're welcome yeah yeah Yeah. I do feel like if this hasn't been invented and patented we might have just found you know a billion dollar technology waiting to (laughs) asshole (laughs) radar tm (laughs) one of those You can just wear it like a little button. Do you know what I mean? Just a little something in your ear. So as you're talking right. to someone, like, like, oh, sorry, I've got to go. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? It would be fun. Yeah. I like that. It I'm would, not you know, I, I think it would make, uh, it would help everybody waste less time yes. getting getting to know those who take a little bit longer to show their true colors. <laughs> yes, that's completely true. That is so true. I like that. And I love your, your evening feels cozy. I think it's going to be a lot. I don't think there'll be fistfights. I think it's, and I think you've got enough level-headed people that they would diffuse any tension that was to arise. I think so. I mean, if any, any kind of tension started, somebody would probably distract them with a beer pong or something. A keg, (laughs) you know, something like that. A keg, yeah, yeah. It would be fine. Luke would just well, issue some coffees. Let's just... open this bottle of bourbon and taste it. You know, that that kind of thing. Oh, that would be bad for me. That would be that would be the end of my night. That would oh, be- boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, what do you usually, what kind of adult beverage do you usually oh, drink? Well, we're, I'm in the south of England, so my general tipple is a cider. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I was like weaned on it as a child. You know, it's <laughs> a drink of choice or a nice rum, a nice spice. Yes would be you know a later evening beverage i'd say that's like a bonfire beverage yeah that would be nice mr lucy loves a good spiced rum there we go perfect i i already like him a man of exquisite taste (laughs) i mean obviously exactly (laughs) exactly oh i love it this is such a lovely just cozy evening with a lot of people you love and i i'm a star i'm very impressed with it (laughs) that is my mark and before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your afternoon and I go and curl up in my bed uh, are you reading anything at the moment I actually just finished a really great book it was nonfiction. um I I tend when I'm writing I tend to either reread um something that I've read a million times before or yeah or I pick up a nonfiction book just uh just because I can't, I can't get sucked into a fresh romance novel, but I just finished The Gift, 14 Lessons to Save Your Life by Edith Edger. Um, It was beautiful. It was just a stunningly beautiful, heartfelt book. Oh, I love that. I don't read enough nonfiction, really. I should really pick up more. And I tend to, it's mostly true crime, which is not the largest 
side of, of nonfiction, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I do think I should pick up more, more nonfiction. And that sounds really beautiful. And hopefully you'll have book three done. And then fingers crossed. My, my deadline is yeah, Sarah J. Mass. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Um, Mr. Lucy and I are planning a vacation for once my book is done. So I plan to go into a vegetative state with a bunch of novels that I haven't read yet and a lot of frozen drinks on a beach somewhere. Oh, I was gonna ask where are you gonna go? Is it gonna be city or beachy? But a beach sounds mm-hmm. pretty, pretty mm-hmm. great right now. Yeah, and honestly, things we hide from the light. Remind me again when this is coming out. When is it due out over in the UK? This comes out Tuesday, February Whoa. 21st. Yeah, yeah. Oh my word. I know, I know. How are you feeling? That's like imminent. I am stressed. I, I mean, I'm very, very excited for the book to come out. I love it. I love Nash. He's the, He was such a good guy. He's such a good hero guy, but he was injured and he was shot in the first book. So this is actually him um, dealing with the fallout of that. So it makes him extra broody and uh, a little bit. injured, gruff guy. Yeah, he's injured, gruff, and a little bit vulnerable. (laughs) yeah yeah so he's he's very catnip I'm I'm super excited about it um but it's so weird to be releasing a book trying to finish another and going on book tour to meet readers I'm like I I don't know I don't know where my head's at right now no it's so funny because I've done quite a few recordings with authors who are like oh my book's out in a week or it's and they all say pretty much the same thing they're always like yeah I'm stressed I'm excited but I'm stressed so I think that's going to be a common theme it's it's weird because it's like right now it belongs to me. It's my story. I wrote it for myself. Um, I love it and I'm happy. But it's like sending your your kid off to kindergarten. And know? I guess as well, because you know, readers have met these characters in the first book and maybe have their own kind of notions of those characters right. and their right. what they're like. Yeah, I'm sending my baby off into the world where it no longer belongs to me. It's going to belong to the readers. And I never know what kind of reception um, it's going to find. So I always, I'm very protective well, look, of my- non- <laughs> ro- Actually, I should say not. As a newly converted romance reader, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I think it's going to do absolutely brilliantly. And that's coming from someone who has, has no idea um, when it comes to romance novels, really. Um, and I was I, like, I find that very comforting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, so I was like, these are good. So yes, I think it's going to be wonderfully. I have a friend that I'm going to pass these on to because I know she's going to love them. As soon as I got them and read them, I was like, you need these. You love these. <laughs> so I have already got this earmarked for an absolute romance purist who I know is going to Excellent. absolutely adore it. So good luck it's gonna be amazing and thank you so so much for coming to chat to me this has been a lot of fun well thanks for having me and thanks for joining me in my uh fictional perfect evening anytime